Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right. Uh, welcome back to On the Table Gaming. I'm Chase. And I'm Josh. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We, we're, we're excited to do a podcast for you uh, on, uh, on Thanksgiving, the day before the release of the Night's Watch starter set. Uh, we'll be talking you through the Night's Watch, and hopefully tomorrow you'll be getting your miniatures on the table. Just kidding. We're still here. So let's let's talk through some of these Night's Watch units. Now, you know, what's your overall impression of this faction, Josh? These guys are so cool. I mean, just the, from a thematic standpoint, their tactics cards, uh, the vows uh, abilities, the fact that they can snatch up your and uh, your uh, attachments. Oh, geez. Your, I mean, these guys just. Across the board, I, I love everything about them. I think they're going to be so fun, and I can't wait to play with them. I mean, yeah, not even just, like, the, the sculpts they've released just look cool, too. I mean, everything about this is awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to check them out, although I do have to say I'm, I'm, I'm the most excited for the Free Folk. So there's that, but I'm excited to like, face these guys on the battlefield regardless, you know, whether I'm fighting against them or playing as them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, my, my Canadian wife, she's basically a, a wildling. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> so I'm sure she'd agree with you. I think what I really like about this Night's Watch unit here is that like they're doing stuff that we have never seen before. You know, so it's it's go, it's definitely treading into new ground. This is the first time we've seen a war machine. You know, as you were saying before, uh, you know, this is the first time we're seeing a ranged cavalry unit that's going to be like you know peppering the army from the sides. Uh, so there's some really, like, I think some cool new stuff uh, to play with that's going to really kind of shake things up uh, in our game. And, you know, while there were some debates on the Discord server about whether or not the Night's Watch should be an elite fighting force <laughs> because they're made of conscripts and whether or not that makes someone inherently a better soldier or not, um, regardless of that de- debate, this army is uh, an army of elite units. And so you're going to see that reflected in the prices, but also in the abilities. There are a lot of really cool abilities that you can synergize and use. And let's jump right in with these Ranger Trackers. Okay, so the Ranger Trackers are a uh, six-point unit. Uh, They've got a movement speed of six. Uh, They have a recurve bow, which is a three plus. They have seven dice at full ranks and four at one rank. Then in close combat, they've got short sword, which is a four plus. Uh, They roll six dice and then three dice, so it gets pretty bad at last ranks. They have a uh, armor save of five plus. They have a morale of six plus. Uh, Now, there's a lot of text here, so just (laughs) bear with me. So they have order mark target. Start of a friendly turn, one enemy within line of sight and long range becomes vulnerable. Their cavalry, so of course they have three wounds to a model. And lastly, they have their recurve bow, which is long range. Uh, sorry, which is short range. So that's actually a six-inch range uh, on their ranged attack. So what do you think of these guys? I think it's an expensive unit. I'll give you that. But this is what I see as like a really awesome support unit. I think that order mark target ability, I'm a big fan of it. <clears throat> and whether or not you're using it to put a vulnerable token on someone within range that you're going to be shooting at or putting it on a unit within line of sight that another one of your friendly units is going to be pounding on, I think that's a cool ability to help make sure that your elite units are always getting the damage output that they need. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about these guys too is that, I mean – these guys are you know, kind of expensive for the game in general, but really they're the cheapest cavalry that's currently available. It's six right, points. Right. Uh, so they're a point cheaper than Outriders. Uh, and I think that they, you know, if you compare them to other six-point units, I think they look pretty favorable. I mean, you know, these guys versus a unit of Stark Bowman, I mean, with the ability to move and get around units, shoot them in the flanks, I mean, 
the short range is definitely you know that's a bit of a drawback uh, but these guys are really there like you said to start to set up other attacks to get that vulnerable token put down uh, you know to kind of shoot guys up you know run away get around behind them uh, and just generally be a really good harassing uh, type of unit and I think that's going to be uh, I think really powerful in this army it's going to be interesting to see how they play out compared to other cavalry because uh, so say you ride up on the flank of a unit and instead of charging in you stop right there and shoot as you know another cavalry would it would engage and then the unit pivots or you know adjusts and does damage to you and then maybe you have to retreat or you stay there now this unit is is shooting into the flank and so if the enemy like pivots and tries to come after you you just ride away. You're not taking any damage. So it's. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, they can't like just immediately take an attack action and fight you. To yeah. spend a, you know, they have to claim the movement zone to turn their guy to fate. Because if they can't see you, right? If you're out of line of sight, right? They can't turn and charge. So they have to be able to see you first. So if you're around on the sides or behind the unit, they just can't fight back at all. Which is, you know, that's. I mean, of course, unless it's another cavalry unit, but that's. Amazing. But like on a feast for crows, like you know, you're not running this unit down, Mm-mm. and so you're yeah. just gonna be running around taking shots with arrows, hopefully not panicking due to corpse piles, and just just slowly dying. Yeah, and I mean at three plus, uh, you know, seven dice at full ranks. That's a, I mean that's still a pretty gnarly attack. Right. I mean it doesn't have any real bonuses, but similar to I think the outriders where. You know, their bonus is not from a native stat. It's actually from the fact that they attack in the flanks and the rear all the time. Uh, same sort of story here, that these guys are the fastest cavalry. They're, you know, speed six, so it's up there with the outriders. Uh, these guys are going to be hard to catch, and they're going to be just kind of slipping around and just, you know, harassing your guys constantly by just filling them full of arrows. And I think what's cool about this unit is it then forces your opponent to list build in a different way. Uh, you're going to want to be taking ranged units to shoot these guys down. Stark Bowman would love to shoot arrows into this unit. They've only got a 5-plus save. I mean, they still have the multiple wounds, but you, you want to put some damage out on them. Right. Uh, dropping catch up to these guys, they are in a little bit of trouble. For right. Them. But it's going to be hard. And so it's a, you're going to have to commit. You know, this is only six points. You're going to have to commit a significant amount of resources to try and kill these guys. And if you're shooting them with arrows and you're having to take ranged units to take them out, you're not hitting their other units. Right. Now, I mean... The, the, just because it warps everything around it like a black hole. Now, what about these guys against Lannister guards with a guard captain? You know what? I mean, these the whole army has really respectable morale. Um, you know, six plus is is good, and uh, there are a few units they have, uh, at least the veterans of the Watch, which have a five plus save. I think maybe this isn't the most effective unit against guardsmen with a guards captain, but I think the vulnerable token means that this unit could, if it had to, push out that damage. But even more so, they're going to synergize with other units like your Sworn Brothers. You give the vulnerable token onto the Guardsmen, and then your Sworn Brothers are the ones hitting them with Sundering and Critical Blows, and suddenly that's a a really uh, serious threat. Yeah, I think these guys will breathe new life into the game for sure and and really kind of give some more tactical options. Uh, I still think, you know, if I'm going to shoot at a unit of Guardsmen, I'm probably expecting to take, you know, pretty close to as much damage as I would deal, just because... You know, you're only going to hit maybe four or five times. They're going to save, you know, probably three of those. So you're going to do like two wounds and then you're going to take, I mean, if you roll a seven, which is strictly average, you're going to take one wound back, right? If you right. don't roll snake eyes. So, I mean, theoretically, um, you know, you're, you're at least coming out ahead. So it's not quite as bad as, say, the, the Stark Bowman because they do have better morale. 
so you know, the more I talk about these guys, the more I'm actually really liking them. I think it's going to be uh, really cool to see them out there on the table. And let's take a look at the Sworn Brothers then. It's six points. This is their core infantry unit. They've got movement of five. They hit on a three plus at seven, five, and then four. They've got four plus armor. 6-plus morale, and they've got great swords, which give them critical blow, rolls of 6, cause 2 hits, and they've got sundering. Defenders suffer negative 1 to their defense saves. That's a pretty good... I mean, you're paying for it, but that's a pretty good core unit there. That's an outstanding core unit, and that suite of abilities is like... I mean, those are probably two of the better ones to have in conjunction with each other, because, you know, I mean, obviously you can't count on rolls of 6, but when it does happen, you know, dealing double hits and minus 1 to uh, armor save... I mean, that's a massive, massive advantage. Uh, you know, for one point more than a unit of Sworn Swords, these guys can do so much more. You know, they hit more often. They've got, you know, the Critical Blow and Sundering ability. They've got better morale. I mean, I or, well, did Sworn Swords have 6+, plus? now I'm starting to forget. I think, uh, the, I think Sworn Swords also have a 6+, plus, if I'm not mistaken. But right. But, I mean, if you compare these to the House Clegane Mountain Men, they've got plus one morale. They have one less die on their full rank, so they hit on seven instead of eight dice like the Mountain Men do, and they hit one less on their second rank. They both drop to four, which isn't so great as your final rank, but you're trading Vicious on the Mountain Men for Sundering, and I think in this army list, the Sundering is better. Uh, this is not a, a morale-based army uh, yeah. where Vicious is going to be key. This is an army that actually pushes out the wounds, and so... You're only hitting with seven dice, but now you can combo that with the other units, and you have more ways to to actually push that through with vulnerable tokens, etc. Yeah, I think sundering is in general is just a better ability than than vicious because vicious you still have to have done a wound in order for its trigger, right? Right. So especially against high armor targets, like let's say you're fighting, uh, you know, the guys we talked about last week, those um, uh, bolt and flayed men, to to get them to take a morale test at all that they don't auto pass, you have to deal a wound. In order to do that, you have to get through a two plus save. You know, what's more likely to happen though, if you have sundering or not, you know, then, right. then vicious will never trigger at all. Right. So I, I, I love these guys. I think they're gonna be an awesome uh, you know, core of a unit. They're gonna be a lot of fun to play with. And then okay, so then the the moment you've all been waiting for, the war machine, the first siege weapon, the first war machine in the game, the builder scorpion crew. We'll go down these stat lines and then Josh, I wanna hear what you think about this. Okay. <laughs> um, it's got movement of four. So it's a fast little guy, considering it's a giant wooden machine. But overall, compared to everybody else who's walking around, four is really slow in this game. You know, looking at the art, it's got like little like stakes around it. So it's probably moving at a speed four because they have to like pull those out and like reset them every time <laughs> they stop to shoot at something. And then <laughs> it's got <laughs> two two types of shots. Now, I know what you're thinking. In the image and on the model, it's one spear in there, but it can split that spear. It's got the bolt thrower volley fire, uh, which is three dice, and it hits on a three plus. But what's cool about that is that each one of those hits deals three hits. So you roll those three dice, and you get one hit with it. Well, then it turns into three. If you get all three hits, you've got nine hits there. And it shoots at long range, and those attacks have sundering, so the defender suffers negative one to their defense save rolls. So this unit can't shift, and that volley fire is going to give you like the most most number of wounds you can do on a unit, on a, like an infantry unit or, or a cavalry unit. Um, yeah. Now the other modifier is maybe what makes this unit a little bit more appealing, depending on the sort of list you're facing. It's the bolt thrower single shot. It hits on a two plus with one die, 
So you roll one die and you get over a two, you get to do the single shot ability. And this single shot ability works as though if it's shooting, if it generates any hits against a solo unit, instead of rolling defense die, they suffer D3 plus one wounds. And so what's important here is that it's it's not doing hits. It, once you hit, you're doing wounds, automatic wounds. So if you're firing on a unit like the Savage Giant for the Free Folk, which have five wounds, and for every two unblocked hits, they suffer one wound, you get to ignore that ability of the Giant, and you're going right into doing wounds. So if it has five wounds, you have the potential to do four wounds off of a single shot with this. That's awesome. Uh, and that makes it worth it. And you're shooting a seven-point monster with a seven-point war machine. It's sort of a, almost killing it. It's a very fair trade for you there. Now, it's only got five-plus armor, no morale save. Six, no morale, you say, Chief. I know. And six <laughs> wounds. So Lannisters don't, don't like this one, by the way. But uh, six wounds. And it can never make morale tests. It can never charge. It can never retreat. Never surrender. <laughs> and uh, go check that movie out. And uh, it can't gain condition tokens. And that's actually really good. Um, yeah. What do you think? I think, you know, here's the thing. There's part of me that thinks this thing has got a lot of drawbacks. And there's part of me that thinks that the fact that it's got those war machine abilities where it just completely nopes out of so many different shenanigans that other armies can pull, you know, not worrying <laughs> about morale, period, right? So, like... A lot of ranged units, like I've mentioned, they don't want to shoot at a Lannister Guard unit because they're worried about the crackback. These guys just don't give a crap. They're just like, okay, no problem. Take nine <laughs> hits with Sundering. You know, I think that's awesome. I think that the trick here, obviously, is that it's a speed of four, right? And it has zero ability to fight in close combat. So if you get engaged, you're probably going to die because you've <laughs> only got six wounds and a five-plus armor save. So... Odds are, if you get charged by like a cavalry unit, you're going to die in like one turn, right? Because you're not taking like one wound for every two unblocked hits. You're literally taking one wound per hit. And at five plus, you're probably going to hit, get, you know, that's not going to take very long to do that much damage. So you really have to protect this thing. It's an investment to be able to shoot at other stuff, you know, but even that's kind of challenging because, of course, then it doesn't have the ability to shoot over. It needs line of sight. So you kind of have to keep the open of it. Uh, the, sorry, the uh, front of it open, but then, you know, still have units nearby to block in case uh, another unit tries to uh, engage with them. In combat. When, when I see this this unit here, I think of how well they're balancing factions against their like primary faction. And so I look at this, you know, wow, against the free folk, you're killing giants. You can shoot and hit nine hits with Sundering, and those little chaff units they have for three points, you're going to just wipe through the Free Folk Raiders. They have five-plus armor. They're insignificant, but you want to clear them off the board. Doing nine hits and then them trying to make their morale save of eight-plus, you're, you're wiping them out. And so that makes us like really good in that scenario. Is this as good against uh, you know flayed men? Well, you know it's got Sundering. That's a bunch of hits. Yeah. But they're just going to ride up and smack you down. Against yeah, I mean, the... they're still rolling three plus. I mean, with Sundering, yeah. you know, you're going to roll. Let's assume like a strictly average shot. You're going to hit. You're going to get like six hits, right? So you miss one out of three. You get six hits on them. They're going to roll three plus. So they're probably going to save, let's say, you know, uh, four. So you're going to do two wounds to a unit. You know, it's and not going to be. And they're going to ride up and hit you with eight dice. Yeah. And you've got a five plus save with six wounds. You're, you're in trouble. 
That that's where I think though. I mean, and this is I know a broader conversation, but I think the range of this unit and long range units in general is is really their biggest drawback. Uh, in particular for these guys because they can't fight back at close combat. They have not like once they're in close combat, they're dead. And so you know, being long range, being twelve inches, if you're shooting at a unit of flayed men, they're close enough to one hundred percent be able to charge you that next turn and almost guarantee that they're going to kill you. And so it's it's a very uh, very fragile situation. I almost wish these guys could shoot a little bit further because then uh, you can kind of you know uh, have a little bit easier time utilizing them. I just think with the way this army is built, though, they can't do that because with such elite units, you know, they've got so much staying power as it is. It's going to be hard to to get to these in certain scenarios and certain mm-hmm. deployments. But I'm I'm excited. I, I think you get yeah. two of these units in a box, so. There's going to be some people running maybe uh, 14 points of scorpions. And, <laughs> you know, if you get the attack option, right? Yeah. So you fire and then you get to fire again on your own turn. Um, you know, you're doing you know a lot of wounds there. So, I mean, I don't know. I like when you go off into your, like, sort of uh, fairy dream. What if? If Maybe everything. they'll be. I'll have seventeen <laughs> bolt throwers, and they'll all roll perfect hits. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, that's the the math, the 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 theory crafting here. Yeah, there's also the theory craft where anybody with cavalry would just like ride around behind them and just like one after right whack a mole. And you and you like, just bam, lost bam, bam, fourteen bam. points in a forty point army. Uh huh. There'll be like Knights of Casterly Rock with uh with Gregor Clegane, and they'll be able to charge oh, two in a turn and just be like dead, dead. I mean, dead, dead. That's another you know thing. Maybe listeners, if you want to join in on this, is send us like, what's the cheapest unit you can make that can do the most damage? What is the most efficient killing unit you could make? Is it you know uh the mountain in uh you know halberdiers or something like that? What's the like? How low can you get points value to do the most damage? And is a seven point unit like this with uh, such obvious flaws and not a lot of ways to counter it? That's so dependent on its other units. Can you guarantee you're going to get your points out of this? I don't know. I I think I mean I don't want to downplay. I think that this thing is really good. I mean it doesn't have the ability to lose. Um, you know it doesn't have ranks, right? So it's right. not like. I almost look at this like a unit of crossbowmen. You know, crossbowmen are really, really good as long as you keep them safe, right? right. If you let them get into close combat, then, yeah, you screwed up and uh, you wasted that unit. The same kind of idea here. The difference is if this unit doesn't get wiped out, they can back up and shoot, and they're still firing at full combat effectiveness, even if they've taken almost all their wounds. So that part of it's good. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's really protecting itself against uh, tactics cards and ranged units, right? Because if you get into melee... It's done. It can't retreat. It can't disengage from combat. It can't retreat? It cannot charge or retreat. Oh, my God. So if you make it into base combat, it's like, tag, you're it. Oh, I didn't even read that. <laughs> so, I mean. This so, is the problem with brand new stuff. It's like, you know. Right. You catch that. So it can't retreat. All right. I've reevaluated this. We got to wait for the Chanel podcast to, to talk about this because, uh, you know, right now, uh-huh. it's one of those things where it's like, I can't even fathom how this unit plays in the game really like it doesn't my brain doesn't like click yet because it's oh, how do you you got to really play it all around it now the, the thing i'm wondering though is if you deploy this on your team and this is becoming like a podcast just about the scorpion crew but, <laughs> but if you deploy it on your side just because it's that fancy unit it looks cool it's a little yeah. bit different is the enemy just going to play around trying to kill that and is that the advantage where people are like oh man 
it's going to be so easy to kill if I can get to it. And so they're like running like, you know, knights of, of Cassidy Rock around trying to get to this thing when it's like, well, okay, or you could be killing my ranger hunters or something else. I feel like I'm going to deploy this in the box it came in and then never oh. take it out again. It goes on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> this is the unit people walk into the store and they're like, what's that? What game is that? Like, yeah. I want to play that game. But then it's it's not actually something they put on the table. Holy cow. So it can't charge. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, so, yeah, I got to say that uh, that's going to be a real tough sell. Anything that requires this much workaround is probably not that good. And I think that that's... I mean, this thing is going to be, I mean, can it, I'm assuming it can make a march action, right? So it can move up to the speed of eight. Right. Uh, yes. Gosh, I don't know. But there's going to be somebody out there who's going to be like, no, Scorpion crew, the builder Scorpion crew is my, like my thing. It's like, like that guy, Billy Battlefoam. It'll just be like Billy Builder Scorpion or something. And he's like, I I just (laughs) run a list of a, a four of these units, man. And it's, it's the best thing ever. I love when people do stuff like that. I love when they're like, you know, they figure out some crazy spam nonsense and they're like, you know what? They've unlocked the mystery to make right. this thing work. I mean, <laughs> no one expects it. the Builder Scorpion crew. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the whole stock in the store. It's like, what the heck? Woe be to you. Oh, okay. Um, here's, here's one thing, though, actually, if I could sidetrack us here. Uh, I've uh-huh. seen in the cases, like from, from display things, like Essen or some of those other uh, conventions, yeah. They have a catapult as well. Yes. What so design space is there left? They got the volley fire. They've got the uh, single shot. So so next week at, at PAX uh, Unplugged, yeah. what I'm thinking is I'm going to bring one of those like uh, burglary lasers. Oh, okay. And then cut my way into the case, and I'm going to take it, and then I'll be able to tell you how it works. Okay. Hopefully our viewership on this podcast is so low that we're not like met with uh, handcuffs or something as we come in. But if we're going to do this, can we wear those cool like burglary mask things? Of course. Because the I mean, beard, the like beard already covers my lower ceiling. face. If I cover my eyes too, I'm basically unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're joking, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just in case. <laughs> oh, geez. In case like your PAX to... badge has been revoked. We're like, oh. <laughs> but I was thankful. It's Thanksgiving, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Ranger Hunters. Uh, an right. eight-point infantry unit. Wow. These guys have a short-range attack, and it's a three-plus, seven-dice, six-dice, five-dice. And they've also got a melee attack, which is really decent, actually. Three-plus to hit. It's also seven-six-five. So their same, their range and their their close combat is the same value. They've only got five-plus armor. Six plus morale is pretty good. And their short, short bows, I already said it's short range. So these guys have to get really close. Yeah. Fortunately, if they get engaged, they can still pack a punch. Mm-hmm. And then what really makes this unit work so well, after this unit is completed, after this attack is completed, the swift strike attack, this unit may make a free retreat action if engaged. And it has opportunists. If this unit attacks an enemy that has not activated this round, it may reroll any misses. So, I mean, it's a it's got a short-range threat. It's got a, a melee attack that lets it make a free retreat action if engaged. So they're going to be getting up close, but they can get themselves out of trouble, provided they don't take too many hits in that first engagement uh, That you know with their 5-plus armor. What do you think? Eight yeah. points? Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously... The the swift strike is kind of kind of the winner there. I think you know if you're going to go with charge in, you're going to get your attack off. Hopefully against the unit that has not activated. All that no, it doesn't matter because you're going to reroll misses anyway because it's the charge. Hmm. Well, I think also you can be 
ignoring the opportunist, someone charges you, they get you, you, you get caught out of position. You can just make your, your free retreat and then, you know, fire the unit the next round and then fire it again with the attack option and just, you know. Well, so I think what you'd want to do actually is claim the combat space, make your close combat at your swift strike. Then, yes, yes. And then as your activation, take your short range shot. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly right. And that's, that's really good. I mean, that yeah, it's, it's got a potential to be pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, this is like a better, in a weird way, maybe a better Bastards Girl? I would say this is probably better than the Bastards Girls. I mean, the... Mm, let's I mean, see, 14 dice. Worse, the armor's better? Is the, well, is the armor... No, 6 plus invulnerable on the... Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that makes they do, And they do 4, time. 6. So 4 in range, 6 with vulnerable tokens if they roll a uh, 1. Yeah. This has no, you know, you don't have to count on your enemy rolling a one or anything. Right. I mean, you don't get to two attacks, so there's like, you know, you're maxing out at seven dice. But if you get stuck in a combat, you could just fight your way out of it really Right. Easily. So, I mean, they're also a point more expensive, right? Cause... I mean, can we just all agree, thank God that this unit, this army, has the Builder Scorpion crew unit? Because everything else is going to be hard to nail down. I know. The, the two other, ra- the, the Ranger trackers and this unit, like... How are we going to catch these guys? I mean, it's kind of fun. I mean, that's going to be neat. Like, just these guys uh, using that swift strike ability. I think that's more effective than the short bow. I mean, the short bow might come up from time to time. I don't know that that's going to be something you're going to use constantly. Because six inches is like, you have to be like on top of each other. Right. You know? It's like a tray. Yeah, exactly. And, and so if you're that close, you know, would it almost make more sense to just charge into a swift strike and then retreat at the end of it so that you can move off to the flank. And I think so inside. because you get the re-rolls, right? Well, you get the re-rolls. You also get the advantage of like, if you retreat, you can retreat backwards or, or sideways. Oh, and then you shoot in the rear, shoot in the rear, shoot in the side, or, you know, don't shoot at all. Then you charge them again in the rear. You know, I mean, you have like all kinds oh of, my and, and then retreat again, you know, yeah, so I, I think these guys that that's really where they're they're going to shine the most. I mean, the the ability to use use a ranged attack is great. Uh, you know, there's is there anybody that really worries about melee? I mean, there's a unit that like if you're engaged, uh, that was the um, the black guard that they spoiled. They originally had an, like an effect where like if you're engaged with them, you know, that you would take a wound or something like that. Or there was also like the guard captain, right? Like if you have them in a unit of halberdiers, like if you start turn engaged, that you get like the bonuses there. Yeah, the I mean, you know, it's a it's situation. You get an option, right? You you don't want to get into close combat with the pyromancers because. They're going to be rolling ones to hit you and, and blowing themselves and you up. Like, yeah. But, it, you know, it's got a lot of room here. When they add new units into the game, this unit's going to be fine being like, yep, sure, like, we don't want to engage them. Okay, I'll shoot yeah, them. I mean, eight points is a ton of points. I just but think the ability to get behind the unit, though, you were saying. That's massive. That's, it's, it's so good. These, this is really an elite force that's going to be so uh, maneuverable. Yeah, you're just always, I mean, in like a one-on-one matchup, if you get the charge off first, you're always going to be able to attack and then just shift out of the way. So now they can't even... Are we in agreement that this faction versus the Starks is going to be really cool? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really tactical. It is. Maybe not the most thematic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a skirmish. We're just a... Yeah, it's a rogue unit of... uh, It's it's the guys who went to Craster's Keep, right? Yeah, there we go. All right. What about this Veterans of the Watch, the the infamous uh, unit that some people on the Facebook group were saying, oh, we don't like the pose. They are kind of like stoically standing there resting their blades. Uh, oh. Eight-point infantry unit 
What do you think about them? I like <clears> them. So uh, you want me to run through this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So they got a speed of five. Uh, they hit on a three plus. They go from eight to seven to six on the last ranks. Uh, they have a three plus armor save, a five plus morale save. Uh, and they have an order counterattack. When this unit is attacked with melee after attack dice are rolled, for each blocked hit, the attacker suffers one automatic hit. It's Whoa. pretty good. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Can we just say that? Because it's got they've already got three plus armor. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna be bouncing back a lot of hits. Yeah, I mean for heavy armor, uh, for heavy like uh, infantry, these guys are pretty nice. But again, they're eight point territory. I mean they're they're knights right. of casterly rock territory. Right. Uh so I don't know if they punch as hard as as, the, as that because, you know, they don't have the cavalry ability. But, like, if you get these guys stuck into, like, a combat with any other unit, I mean, they're just going to be, like, just hitting them. You're going to hit them on your turn. They're going to get hit on your turn. Right. Now, here's a question. Do you dare throw this unit up against to try and stop a unit of berserkers? Because berserkers yeah. have sundering. But, you know, if they hit you with 10 dice and you got then 4-plus armor – you might do five wounds back if you block half of them. Like you five could hit, five hits back. But five yeah, hits, like, yeah, five hits. Yeah, but I mean that could be potentially could potentially be ten hits back. You could wipe a unit if it's on their last rank. I mean they're gonna. Yeah, if you block them all, like that <laughs> would be. Rumble. I'm an optimist, right? We can tell that everybody, right? When it's I like, what that. if the scorpion crew hit and you hit with you know twenty six <laughs> dice would be amazing, right? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a fun way to. I mean it's nice. It like I always try to like uh, you know. Pull my, I kind of go in that same direction where I'm always like optimizing, going like, yeah, if this, this exact set of circumstances happens, you can do so much damage. But then the realist part of my brain has to remind myself that that's not always yeah. going to be the case. It's, you know, if your average is going to be half, right? Yeah. If it's brought up to like four plus save. Um, but the, the other thing we haven't really been talking about is some of the attachments that can go into this unit uh, that will make it even more resilient. Now, we don't know all the abilities, and, and really we can't talk too much at this point about the uh, the Watch Captain. Uh, at the start of round one, reveal the top three cards of your tactics deck. You may select one Vow card from among them and attach it to this unit. Return the rest of your tactics card uh, tactics deck and then shuffle. And then this unit may have two Vows. We don't have all the Vows right now in front of us. So whether or not that two-point unit's going to really be efficient for what it does, is it going to make you cycle through your deck too fast? I, I don't. I don't know. But uh, for commanders, I mean, this is another great unit to, to drop uh, everyone's favorite Jon Snow into, the 998th Lord Commander. Because his order, it allows the unit to restore D3 wounds. So this is a tough unit that when it gets hit, it does wounds back. And now it can start to regenerate in addition to the other tactics cards and uh, tactic zones. Uh, these guys will be beastly. Yeah, these guys with Jon Snow are amazing. And I did want to mention, too, by the way, for the Watch Captain, so... It doesn't. It doesn't. You don't discard the cards that you. Oh. So at the start of round one, you can reveal the three cards and then select a vow and attach them, and then the rest of it gets shuffled together. Oh, okay. So you're not gonna you're not gonna dry your deck out too fast. No, and it also allows them to have two attached vows. Now that's two points. So you know if you're putting that on this unit, you're up to ten points. So it better be awesome. Um, but I mean that that the I know the vows are very powerful. We've seen some like early spoilers, which I don't know if any of them change, which is why we're not talking about them yet. But um, you know, th I think that it, that could be a very big deal. I mean, I think Jon Snow is a really good fit for them, though, like you mentioned, because you're talking about a unit that's healing itself because it's very easy for them to pass morale checks. Uh, you're going to have Ghost, who is going to be activating around the same time, so you're going to be 
hitting you on my turn, you're going to hit me back. I'm going to hit you for hitting me, and I'm going to be recovering wounds when I pass my morale test. So it's like the whole time I'm just like killing you, you're getting killed for killing me, and then I'm right. also recovering wounds for you trying to kill right. me. It's and, like just awesome. And Jon Snow's bond with Ghost, when this unit activates, Ghost may activate before or after this unit takes its action, uh, means Ghost is probably going to be getting up and in the action as well, using his 2-plus uh, hit with on two dice that ignores defense saves, and when an enemy's hit by the Silent Predator attack, they can't play tactics cards from that unit for the rest of the turn. So whatever's getting caught up in this uh, morass of, of, of death and violence, they're really stuck there. I mean, they've got to get out on their own merit. If they don't have the ability, if they need a combo, if they need tactics cards to help them, they're, they're out of luck. And did you mention the other part of that rule that the enemies do not get defense saves against? Them? Yeah. So, you know, you're automatically <laughs> doing like two wounds right off of it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like a two, two, two rolls of a two plus. I mean, you're probably charging. So you're getting re-rolls. I mean, you're pretty much going to get two wounds. Uh, I mean, this is a great answer for things like the mountain that rides or, you know, Bolton flayed men, you know, stuff that you want to try to get wounds in on. This is also a great way to kind of guarantee a morale test, you know? So for example, Let's say, you know, Jon Snow's unit is tied up with a unit of guardsmen and they're just kind of, you know, slugging it out, but not making that much progress. But let's say, you know, uh, you know, the during the attack, Jon Snow managed to trigger that guard captain ability because they failed a morale test. Then you can have ghosts swing in, uh, preferably from the flank, do another two automatic wounds uh, and force another panic test, you know, before they even have a chance to go and like. It's a it's a pretty awesome ability to have that flexibility. Now, keep in mind that it does say may activate before or after. So, you can choose to do that. You can save them for later if you don't want if you want to pass the activation to your opponent, you can do that too. Uh, but it's a great flexibility that you can just kind of have this like one two punch locked and loaded. So, are you thinking, you know, you're going to switch over from Starks to Night Watch and you're going to give up your Wham list? Why not both? Oh, that's what there we go. Saying. All right. Why, why choose? I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely am going to order the uh, the starter set for these guys and, and uh, get them on the table and, and get some games in because I can't, I can't wait to see what they're going to be able to do. It just seems like they're so fun and different. Um, and I mean, who doesn't want to get Jon Snow on the table? Come on, that's true. John. Oh, I shouldn't say. That oh, forever. spoiler, spoiler. Wait, that that we should edit out because I, we will get hate mail for sure. Do you really think so? Is that? <laughs> People go ballistic on that kind of stuff. <laughs> so then what about uh, the other commander, the old man, nine, the 997th Lord Commander, Jor Mormont? Uh, he's got his Oath of the Black ability. When this unit activates, it may discard an attached Vow tactic card and replace it with a different Vow tactic card from your discard pile. I got 999, 997 commanders, but Jor Mormont ain't one. <laughs> I would go. <laughs> I was trying to work that joke in. I appreciate you. It took me so long. To we're we're elevating the level of jokes in this podcast. If you can't yeah. tell, of the last few episodes, it could have worked if I didn't completely mumble. Well, anyway, okay, so. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, how about? <laughs> so, Jor Mormont, uh, he's got Oath of the Black. When this unit activates, it can discard a Vow tactic card and replace it with a different Vow tactic card from your discard pile. So this is just a great way to recur stuff that you've played before, uh, especially if you're using some of those um, uh, watch captains. You can kind of keep on uh, cycling through, getting vows back, and making sure you're utilizing those effects. And I think recursion in general is a great uh, effect, you know, in any card game because you're basically expanding the size of your hand, right? Because you've got the cards in your hand, you've got the cards in your discard pile, uh, and you can use all of them. So 
that's another uh, awesome ability. And this guy is a... Okay, no, he's a unit attachment. Yeah, so it's, I think it's pretty good. And that brings us down to our non-combat units. Bowen Marsh, the first steward. Three points. Three points for all this goodness you're going to get right here. Counts and measures. When Bowen claims a zone on a tactics board, you may look at the top two cards of your tactics deck, place one of those cards in your hand, and the other on the bottom of your tactics deck. Wow. That's awesome. Three points. So in other way, in other words, this is basically like a, um, you know, sort of like a, a scry effect, right? Like, so you're looking at the top two cards, you take the one you want, uh, the other one you put at the bottom. So it's just a way of like selective draw, which is a super powerful effect, right? You're getting to see and take the better of two options. Um, and you're doing this when he claims his own on the tactics board. So it's another way to like refill your hand. You know, if you've blown through your three cards in a turn, uh, and you know some something bad's gonna happen, and you're looking for you know kind of dig for an answer. Uh, this is a great way to just you know choose him as your activation, look at two cards, and you know maybe one of those can bail you out. So I think this guy's awesome, especially for three points. I mean, if I'm comparing him to Pycelle, this guy stands out, uh, you know, full a full head above him. Um, or or, or, or uh, Sansa Stark. I mean. Oh yeah. Oh man. I mean, she digs for one exact card at any point in time, which right. is a powerful effect. But this guy's, you know, doing this every turn. So you're right. getting, you're doing that, you know, at maximum six times. She's doing that effect once. Now, which is better? Probably depends. But I think that this is uh, not to be discounted. I think it's awesome. How about uh, Jor Marmont, the old bear, the the NCU? Yeah. So uh, let's see. His ability is Oath of Duty, which is an influence effect. Uh, while influencing a unit, you count a sorry, you count as controlling all tactic zones for any vow effects on that unit, uh, and so that's also awesome. You know, a lot of those um, bonuses for claiming tactic zones, you know, sometimes it's hard, right? Your opponent is playing around it, you know, giving you a hard time taking the the sort of spots that you're looking for. Uh, with this, it just completely shuts out shuts that down completely. All of your vows are turned on as long as he's got your. Uh, influence so that's an awesome ability i do wonder I, i'm, I'm kind of skeptical of some of these abilities like that where i think so much of the game is based around controlling the tactics board does an ability like this really take out a, a huge mechanic of the game i mean no because it's only one unit right so you're still denying the uh the tactic zones from being claimed you're denying the effect for all of the other units on the table it's just that one specific unit so i you know i think it i think it's good to like kind of allow you know units and commanders to flex the rules a little bit and that's what that's what's happening here i kind of i guess i kind of see the knight's watch as being a faction that could potentially be fielding like a four unit army where they're all really good and you're using these cards to get them to do what they want to do when they want to do it uh and being very difficult to deal with yeah but, but I mean, you're paying you know, for it there though four points Right, and with an elite unit, the other, I mean, like one of those, small, like you're, you're getting out activated, which has its own set of problems. That's why I think it's probably a good idea to have uh, Jon Snow as the commander, so you get that extra free activation on the table. Um, you know, so maybe you can get five units out. You know, so you'll have your four like really heavy hitter units, and then um, you know, ghost out there as well. What about Aemon Master, a uh, Maester, sorry, of Castle Black? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Maester Aemon. When Aemon claims a zone on the tactics board, you may restore up to one wound to a friendly unit, plus one additional wound per destroyed rank in that unit. Uh, and so this is another awesome ability. So he's four points, so he's, again, 
you know, very expensive um, NCU. But that's a, I mean, that's a huge effect. I mean, if you claim the wealth zone, you're claiming, you know, you're, you're basically restoring three wounds base plus an additional wound plus an additional plus one for every rank that's destroyed. So if you're talking about uh, a unit that's on their last rank, I mean, gosh, what is that? That's six, right? Six wounds. Yeah. That's a massive amount of healing in one activation. And he can do this every turn. So uh, like that you were talking about before, if you were going to have this sort of like, you know, just a couple of really hardcore elite units, uh, you know, one sort of way to make that work is to make sure that they're sticking around. And so uh, having that healing effect is just awesome. I mean, this this faction looks like it's going to be so much fun to play. And now we have to wait. But luckily, it's coming out tomorrow. So Black Friday, take the Black Friday. Go out there and, and pick up your copies of um, the Night's Watch. And uh, we hope you get these miniatures on the table. <laughs>